Well, the prophetic word this year, the prevailing word the moment is that we're getting an early Christmas. That's the word. Keeps coming. I keep hearing it from different places. And um, I know that our president is not far away. There's a whole scenario of things going on behind the scenes, and at the right time, everything will get resolved. So that is my hope, expectation. Last week, I began to talk about seed, sowing, harvest, tithing, giving, generous giving, that whole, um, that whole concept of things. And uh, typically, preachers preach on it when they're going to take an offering. And of course, and I'm not going to do that. Like, it's really neat to teach this, and it's for your sake. And um, there were things that I came to, um, and it's been a principle actually in my life. It's why it's good to keep record of what happened and what has happened, even if it's just mentally, how you got from where you were to where you are. And um, it's easy to remember, and you think sometimes you haven't done these things, and it's like, oh, but you did. You did apply the principle. And the reason it's important is that all of your giving, at whatever category they are, it needs to be with joy. It needs to be with hope. Next week, I'm going to talk. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It needs to be with expectation. No farmer plants corn unless he expects what? A cornfield. When I prepare our garden, it looks beautiful. I till it up. I have this awesome Kubota tractor and rototiller. It's a reverse tine, like it even makes it smoother than normal. And when I'm done tilling it, it looks just beautiful. But what has to happen? <laughs> has to, that, that garden being prepared is useless unless it is sown. And when I sow seeds in it, I don't expect to get that kernel of corn back or that bean back or that whatever. I expect harvest. The plant, once it grows and produces fruit, it grows. It goes away. What was the purpose? To produce fruit. And this is a, a kingdom principle. And the Lord clearly wants us to have expectation when we give, when we sow, that you do it with faith. Because it's a kingdom principle that you do it understanding what you activate when you give. And that you always watch over your heart to give as unto the Lord. That's important. Now, it doesn't even matter so much where you gave or what you gave to. What matters is you gave it for the right pur purpose, that you gave it as unto the Lord. If you did that, it doesn't matter what kind of creep the pastor is. That doesn't matter what you know, like when you don't know. Of course, once you know, you're like, you don't sow there. But, but in the events that something goes wrong, like, <gasps> there was a problem in that ministry. Yeah, probably. Don't be surprised. We're still on the planet, man. People running things, you know? Stuff happens. 
But if you have a firm belief that what you do, you do as unto the Lord. And this applies to everything in life. Relationships, building things, giving things, doing whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Do it with all of your heart. Do it as unto the Lord. And understand that he's watching. It matters to him. And um, I went back and looked at Abraham and I saw some things. Abram, he was Abram at the time, didn't get the name change yet. And he, he's, he comes forth, he's an actual hero. I discovered, though, how many times I've read this in the Bible, realized he's a superhero. When he found out, when these four kings were fighting five kings, and his nephew Lot, whose father had died, was taken captive along with all these goods and his family, Abram said, oh, heck no, this isn't going to happen. And he was very wealthy because God made him that way. And he grabs up 318 trained servants. Now, what the heck is that? I say it was a, it was a whole platoon of guys that were going to go out and like, oh, no, you're not taking our stuff and you're not taking our people. And Abram steps into the kinsman redeemer. I'm going to redeem what was stolen. Like I'm going to go get my, my, my nephew. And he goes and does this, captures them, brings back them, all the goods, all the stuff. I mean, I'm like, dang, wow. Who saw that in Abram? Do you think of that? Abram? We're singing this silly song all of our childhood Father Abraham had many sons. Like, you know, we're just seeing this. I don't know how you envisioned him, but I didn't envision him going after people and, you know, with his 318 trained men and getting, you know, that's serious stuff, man. You get a small amount of trained military op operation type guys. They're scary. They can do stuff. They can make things happen. And there it is. It shows up. And immediately after that, a high priest, mystery king named Melchizedek comes and blesses Abram. Now, he was to be blessed because God was going to choose him to be his people, the father of his nation. And this was the beginning of Israel, did not exist before that. There wasn't a law before that. So when when he, I don't know what possessed him to tithe, to give a tenth of all he had. It wasn't a law. It wasn't a rule. He did it out of something in his heart to give unto. And then the king of Sodom, yeah, I kind of remember a Sodom and a Gomorrah. Those were two of the kings that were, you know, involved in this. He went back and got stuff and brought back to them. And they're like, here, we're going to take the people. You can have all the stuff. He's like, I'm not taking anything from you lest you say you made Abraham, Abram rich. Like he's, he knew, no, I'll, re, I'll receive a blessing from Melchizedek. I will not receive anything from you. And he actually gives out of this abundance of his heart for what, what, he real, what he was doing, if he realized he was doing it or not, I don't know. But he sowed a seed. He sowed into something that as I, I just started to really come alive about that, it started out with uh, a, a need and a like frustration. How do I get that? Especially things to do with the church. Do you do a GoFundMe? Do you do this? Do you do that? And I'm like, and I always feel the Lord like, 
No, like this hand, you know, this big hand in front of my, like if I have my little grandson, you know, I can just put my hand on his head and like, nope, we're going to change direction here. At this point, I'm still bigger than him. He's worrying me a little bit. But anyways, I'm still, you know, I'm still the bigger one. And in process, I came to something like, here's, what is the Lord, what is the legal, like, how do you want me to approach what I need? Needing something or wanting something is not the problem. You don't want to slap yourself and say, stop wanting that. Stop wishing you were here. Stop wishing you had that. Stop wish, that's not the, you're not, that's not it. That's a poverty mentality of live with as little as possible. Like, where does that come from? It's not from scripture. It's not from God. Like, I can do without. Really, for what purpose? I mean, if there's water, have a drink. If it's your water, have a drink. If there's food, eat at the table. If it's been set before you, eat. Don't be shy. Isn't it an insult when you make a meal and some, you know, you set the table and someone's like, no, 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 I, I, I don't want to take anything. Like, oh, geez, come on, don't do that. That's like false humility. That's weird. You're making me feel awkward. I, I want to bless you. If you don't receive it, like that's kind of, it's not good. It's not religious. You're not holier if you resist or do without. And so the Lord wants to bless us. He wants to give to us. He wants to prosper us. But there's a way he wants us to come to him. He wants us to apply principles and not, not strive or work. You never can, by giving, you can't earn, you can't change your status in heaven. That's finished. That's accomplished. You can't, you can't bring more favor to yourself. But you can apply a principle you sow. And I, I didn't read, I didn't hear this. I, I looked at it and I went, oh my gosh. Abraham sowed into all these prophetic words that were coming to him, this blessing that came from Melchizedek. And then immediately the Lord comes to him like, I'm going to bless you. And he sowed a big gift. We don't know how big that was. We don't know, but he was very wealthy. And, and he gives and he sows into that because it was something bigger than surviving. And then his heart gets revealed. There was something bigger that money couldn't buy. And so... When you get to chapter 15, which is immediately after the situation where he gives his tithe, in verse 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. And he's like, click, click, ho, ho, whoa, 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 whoa. Abram's like, stop. Lord God, in verse 2, what will you give me? What can you give me seeing I am childless, seeing I go childless, my wife's barren. This was a major, big thing, elephant in the room kind of thing. I can't get around this. You can give me more donkeys, more elephants, more whatever it is you have to get. None of that matters. I don't have an heir. If I don't have an heir, I don't have anything. Again, we've lost that in our culture, the value of that. But boy, they had it big time here. That, that was everything. If I don't have an heir, then what can you, what's the point of giving me anything? And the Lord says, and, and he's, then he comes up with something like, well, this Eleazar of Damascus, he, he was, he's of my lineage, like, is he the one? And the Lord's like, no, that's, that's not your heir. That's not who it's going to be. 
Look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my, is my heir. Verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Let's be clear. I'm, I'm clear about that. I'm going to clear up the doubt. I'm going to clear up your... Here's how we can make this happen. And he clears that up and he says to him, no, here's how it's going to happen. My word is going to come to pass exactly as I said. And you don't have to figure it. You don't have to compromise, figure it out, make it happen. I will make it happen. It's lesson 101 with learning how to receive from the Lord. He will do it. If you miss that, you're going to make a mess. Maybe many. Maybe messes that a lot of other people have to live with. I mean, it gets complicated, doesn't it? We can sure make a mess out of things, especially when we strive and try to help the Lord and get beyond. So Abram sowed into all these pro- this promise that was coming, this descendants as many as the sands of the sea. Some of, he didn't even know the magnitude of it. At first, he's just aware, I don't have a child. It's like, not only are you going to have a son, your descendants are going to be, he gets several visitations, as we know. It doesn't get better, it gets worse. You're like, oh, huh, I just was starting to be able to believe this. Now you add this, now I can't believe anymore. I've spent my, because I didn't have, have, my faith was like, you know that mustard thing, seed thing? Well, that was big compared to most of the time, my faith level. And so I would say, that I would feel this, like I wouldn't be near as depressed if it wasn't for all these promises and prophetic words I get. My expectations wouldn't be so high because I can live with that right? Pitiful. But it's the truth. Why are you depressed? Because I had hopes. If I wouldn't have had any hopes, I wouldn't, it just wouldn't bother me that I, you know, I'm where I'm at. But the, but the promise, the expectation, I went through this, living on this property, looking out my back door at this, you know, property and an old shack, pole barn. I got so, I would be so frustrated. You don't, I don't know if you realize how much frustration I went through not knowing how to make this happen, not knowing how to move forward, not knowing, feeling we were supposed to be here, that something would happen, and not knowing how to get there, being so, boom, stuck. And, and we do something not even realizing what we're doing. See, the Lord uses, before you even know what you're doing, he uses, and we felt to give our building fund money to India. It wasn't even enough for the blueprints, but we gave it anyways, $12,000 or something like that. We gave it, we sowed the seed, and the Lord's like, oh, there, I got the seed for this. And then I would have liked that to have happened and start moving forward in the next year or two. That would have really caused me to live a longer life. But the, the stress, the anxiety, the try, this thing of trying to figure it out, having a need and, and waiting and waiting and waiting. And there's nothing else to do other than to say, I believe, help my unbelief. <laughs> I'd look out my back door, I'd see that building, I'd be like, burn the thing down. Like, I can't stand looking at it. It just, it just insults me that it's sitting there. You know, I think at one point, I know at one point, we tried to, you know, remodel that and make a church out of that. That was like, <laughs> somebody in heaven was like, oh my gosh. No, not that. That wasn't even as big as some of your houses, so that's how silly that is. And so 
wait, 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 <laughs> wait. This is embarrassing, Lord. Wait, wait. Jehovah's Witness down the road, they've got a new building. Wait, wait. You know, like, you know, it just didn't matter what I, card I played. It was just like. But a seed was sowed, and at the right time, a man walks into our tent. We're like, and I'm getting weary of this thing by now. I mean, we've fixed it, repaired it. We've patched it in ways that, yeah, no one, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I think I help you with your building. And he ends up donating the structure. And that, that move, that thing, boom, that, that released, that unlocked, like that was the beginning then at some point in that process, someone donates 20 acres of land that is for the purpose of reselling so that we can build this building. And right around the same time, also, a man shows up from, I don't even know where he was, from somewhere, Columbiana, whatever, um, wherever that siding guy was from. See, I don't even know exactly where their office was, up towards Boardman. And we're getting ready to go on vacation. There's several people here, and I'm, we're putting things together, and da-da-da-da. And this person shows up, and it's like, hey, I want to talk to your church. The building's sitting, it's erected now. Looks kind of naked because there's no, nothing on it, you know? It's just kind of one of those things, not dressed up, just kind of closed in, and that's it. And he goes, what's up? I'm like, okay, I'm trying to be nice. And I was like, he goes, look, could we walk up and look at it? I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, but we don't have any money for this. Like, we don't have money for siding, so don't try to sell me siding because we don't have any money for siding. He's like, well, I just still, could we just walk up and want to look at it? And we go, come up. I like have this, I'm managing my attitude, but it's not great. I'm friendly. Like, I think, I think Phyllis would approve. I think I was doing okay. Talking, we're having a good car. He's a nice guy, you know. We walk around, da, da, da. I'm like, fine. eventually I'm like, he's looking. He's, I said, I need to get back down there and finish building my turtle we built a i put a sides on my pickup truck and had a did who painted that for me emily bowling maybe there was a picture of a turtle like because we always had turtles on our when we went on vacation back when i was going with the crazy group then i got you know then i got grown up i'm like oh i can't you know so we all had handles for our cbs and yeah so there's a big turtle what was that called box turtle it was a box turtle because it was a box on my truck right okay it had a canvas on it and of course like everything else it became a project so you know it was really cool that's what i was working on when he came like getting that together and we we're getting ready to load because we we're going in the next day or so on vacation like hey, hey i need to get back there because there's people here like and i walk away and go down and he comes stops by one more time he says well i'm gonna just hang out here a little bit i was like Okay, sure. I go down. A little bit later, he comes down, and he goes. He asks me what color we want. I'm like, probably like now for the third or fourth time, like, I don't have money for siding. Stop this. Like, you're trying to con me. Like, no, don't do that. And uh, that can make me edgy. You know, I'm like, I don't like that. And uh, he finally comes out with it. This will all be donated. And my mouth drops open like, like, what? I don't even know how to do this. He says, it'll all be supplied. I, may, I, I took measurements. Well, just, just tell me the colors and it'll be delivered from sowing a seed. That's, that's what it looked like. And there's been one thing after another after another, using this as an example. And then there were other things that the Lord starts giving me. 
my Kubota tractor. I was, I went, I called the bank, get a loan, get the frog a loan, you know, that kind of thing. I had approval. And then my CE no said, no, you know, no, you're not buying a tractor. Yeah, but I can do this and do that. And da, 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 da. No. And then that gets donated to me. I'm like, again, every time I like, wow. The Lord out of, out of obedience and out of, he, he gives and there's no regret. He gives gifts and there's no remorse. There's no whatever. So when it comes to giving unto the Lord, you must have this revelation or I would encourage you just don't, don't give. Don't give grudgingly. Don't give out of obligation. Don't give if you resent it. Like just keep it. Because what the Lord wants, what I want is a path. I want money that is given freely and, and happily. And I want you to prosper. I want you to be blessed. I, I experienced once some, someone giving something. And they, it was like, I want it. It's hard to receive. And I made a comment like, this will, you know, I'm going to pray that you get blessed for this. Like, and it was like this, no, 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 I don't, I'm not giving it for that. Like, I remember being that person, like in my early days before, especially before I was spirit filled with the spirit, like you didn't give to the Lord and expect anything back. I don't know where we, you know, I do know where I went to church at, but there was no, it wasn't there. It's weird. There was no faith. There was no expectation of the Lord blessing. That, it, that was like, Oh, no, 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 no. We don't talk about that. Get saved. Rededicate your life or become a missionary. You know, that's it. There's no more than that. And get saved again and what, you know, like. And to realize there's a whole life there where you enjoy the Lord leading you and guiding you and blessing you and providing for, for you. And you believing in him and loving him and worshiping and praising. Oh, I really didn't even believe in worshiping and praising. Only, the only level I got to was we sing about God. That's, I'm good. It took time for me to become who I am. Lots of time. When I started out, you'd be like, nope, hopeless, wow, bad attitude, strange little guy. Don't, you know, don't mess with him, honestly. Come to come to this and to come to believing these things. And so when something happens in your life or your family that's negative, Phyllis and I take it personal, like it bothers me if you're not protected, kept safe, kept healthy. It, it bothers us. Like we have a hard time not really taking that on us, and yet there's a part you can't, can't help but because you're here, and I, because you're here, I want you to be blessed. I want you to receive. I want you to walk. I want people, you and whoever, walk through the doors and there be an anointing here, an encounter with the Lord. That, that's what I want. And, and, and all of that comes out of, like, we need to get some of these things in perspective and, and declare them. So let's go to um, the Italian... <laughs> this is so funny, I can't help but do it. <clears throat> they call him the Italian prophet, Malachi. I always call him Malachi, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Not that funny. It just always cracks me up a lot. I've heard, I've heard pastors say Malachi. I'm like, what? what? Who? What? Where? What? Yeah. 
He comes as a prophet to Israel. It's unique because he's the last one to speak until guess who? He even prophesied it in chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek with sudden, will suddenly come from this temple. It was referring to John the Baptist. So there's a silence. After Malachi speaks prophetically, boom, this is it. This is the end. 400-year silence, if I understand right. The next person to actually start declaring things in the same vein was uh, uh, John the Baptist coming, declaring, prepare the way of the Lord. He comes and he finds Israel. He speaks to Israel. They're really in bad shape. They're corrupt. Their leadership is corrupt. They're, the priests are corrupt. They're breaking all kinds of laws and rules. They're doing things their own way. And the words from this prophet are harsh. And, and even in the prophecy, like the Lord saying, and you will say, how have we done this? It's like, well, I'll tell you how you've done this. And so we get to chapter 3, which is this famous uh, passage. And in verse 8, it, it begins, will a man rob God... Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? Like, what do you, you know, it's like when the parents come to the kids, the teenagers, and give them a lecture, like, how have we done that? We didn't do that. Like, oh, and a good, you know, good parents, like, oh, let me tell you how you've done that. Let me, let me instruct you a little bit. Out comes the finger. Right? Yeah, rightly so. In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robed me, even the whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. I think it's the only time the Lord's like, put me to the test. I dare you. I double dare you. See if you can outgive me. I Test me. I'm not kidding. This is like, I'm serious about this. Give me the tithe and you will not miss it. If you will not open, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. This is like, if God's real, this is pretty big, high, lofty promises. He is promising at this moment to make Israel this envy of the whole world with what they have. Let me step off the path a little bit. Dream. Say some ridiculous things. Okay? What the Lord was asking if the people would have, if they would have just tithed, just been faithful with the 10%, what he's 
they would have had everything that they needed to take care of stuff. Just that 10%. What's the IRS take from you right now? Do you know the percentage? Usually we don't even pay attention. Don't want to see that. I think we're headed towards 40%. Not sure. Is it 35? What's our normal? Yeah, income, the income tax. Do you know that's actually unconstitutional? We don't even, we can't even perceive like what would life be without like, like without having to pay income tax? Do you understand the big chunk that is out of your? And that's so they can take care of us, right? Yeah. They're not very good at it. And even as it was here, as Malachi comes, he finds Israel, their leaders, they're, ter they're terribly corrupt. They're cheating. They're breaking the rules at every level. The, the offerings that, that, they were to, that they were offering up, they needed to be like when you used a, a, a lamb or a calf or whatever you were, a bull, it was to be unblemished. They were offering up the blind lamb, the lame, the whatever, like, hey, discount. What, what's, what, where does that come from? It comes from a poverty mentality. Hey, we'll cheat here. We'll screw it. It's like, you know, what, what's it matter to the Lord if it's, you know, it's like, it matters because he's watching. He's watching the intents of, our, of your heart. And pretty soon we fall in, and we all can do this. We fall into this compromise in this place where we're, we're cutting the corners or we're not stopping at the stop signs. And we're, we're like, it's okay. And we're telling ourselves and each other, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It doesn't really matter. And, and you start down that track. Do you understand corruption is just a few more steps down the road? And so, as a people, we want to put integrity up here. And man, I'm telling you, it's a daily challenge. And it begins in the smallest little decisions that you make to be, have integrity or to not be honest. To, you know, bend, bend something. And, and when you live, like, this isn't about us keeping watch on each other. It's about between you and Jesus. It's really where it's about. And so, do you understand what, if, if the church would tithe, if people would tithe, like, I'm talking big church now, the storehouse, do you understand we wouldn't need government assistance that the church and who, if the church is righteous, could administrate that, all, all that? There are things to administrate. There are people that truly need help. There are things that need, but it's so corrupt, the whole, we're, we're creating systems that are, they'll never end. They procreate now. They're like this thing that's now multiplying, and it's in four or five generations. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. We, we create this whole other thing, and, and, and it all needs cleaned up. I have this hope that our country, when we get through this chapter that there's opportunity on the other side of it to see a whole new day. My hope is that corporate America goes away because it's bankrupt anyways, and that constitutional America comes back. That, that's my hope. That is very possible. I listen to people talk about this. I mean, serious people studying the Constitution, studying things, watching things, observing things. That, it, that possibly could happen. And a lot of claim. That's why this is such a crucial moment. I don't know. But I hope for it. 
I don't want to do a millennial reign without Jesus' feet on the ground. I will say that. We need to be solid about our faith. And, but I believe, I, I say this, I don't believe this is end, end times other than it always has been since the New Testament, but I, I do, I believe we're in a, a, there's a, there's a period of time here. I don't know how long or how much, but I don't think this is the end. And there's a, a, an opportunity for a second wave of the Lord to come and, and manifest and do what he's going to do. So anyways, I don't want to get too much into that. Um, other than you realize that this thing, what the Lord was asking for them as a nation to tithe and to bring in the storehouse, everybody would have been provided for, every, all the needs, the people that couldn't take care of them, so the people that truly needed help. In, in the Lord's kingdom, this could all be taken care of with 10%, not 50%, not whatever the percentage is. And that it would be done righteously. Like the Lord wants justice. He wants righteousness to reign. He wants, he wants, he wants justice to come. And meanwhile, he's, he's, he speaks of this, this tithe of, of giving it as unto him. And he intends to bless and rebuke the devourer. It's kind of like um, when I put up electric fence. This year, I... The deer found my little corn patch that was just beautiful. And uh, they knocked off about three dozen, you know, ears of corn before I caught on to them being there because it wasn't that ready, but they liked the young, you know, corn. And they were on the bottom side and just, you know, about wiped out a whole row. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to go get electric fencer and I get this little solar panel, you know, electric panel, finally do it, you know. Thought about it a lot of times, like, oh, I'm doing that. Put, run, put two strands of electric fence around, around it, one low, one medium height. And uh, that is not actually going to keep anything out until what? Do you turn on the juice? You can, electric fence is nothing. You can walk over, you can get under, you slip under it. It's no barbs, no, it's very friendly. Till the electric gets it. Then what does it do? It rebukes the devourer. The little raccoon or the little deer puts his little soft little nose on that. It wasn't a real powerful one. Now, bing, ah, oh, I never had any more problems. The Lord's saying, I'll be your electric fence. I'll be the electric in your fence. I'll rebuke the devourer. You know that thing where you're like, man, everything I go to do, I lose or whatever. You can just bump your car. You've got insurance, but... 500 bucks, just, you're right. The deductible, you know, it's, it is what it is. But all these things that happen, we keep pushing through, we may, you know, what if the devourer was completely rebuked in our lives? Like, I'm, I'm liking that a lot. Live in a way where there's a super, and I believe actually many of you do live in that. Now, this is a great selling point for come to Jesus and follow him, honestly. Yeah, I mean, being vain for a moment. But it really is the Lord, he wants to make himself famous. He's the only one that's allowed to say, hey, I want to be famous, and he does. And he's righteously, rightfully, he can be, he can say, hey, I want, make me famous. Like, got it. How do we do that? With a good testimony, a good word. How, how did this happen? Like, when I have good stories, I love telling people. 
I'm like, hey, the Lord blessed us with this. I love, you know, one of the last things was this little golf cart that Phyllis and I drive all over the countryside. It was an absolute gift. And so we say, the Lord just gave us this. I'm like, no way. Like, it just, it has this thing, like people don't hear about this, like, just gave it. Someone just felt they were to give, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a relative, it wasn't a dead uncle, it wasn't, you know, it was like, it was, it was just someone felt to give, and they've given, we've got a lot of things through the years, blessings, new carpet, just different things that all of a sudden, the Lord has had this way of blessing us, and if we don't pay attention, sometimes like, hey, we need to document this, because there's actually been more than I, the more I stand here, I'm like, oh yeah, and there was this, and there was that, and there was a trip to uh, California a couple years ago, like, because another pastor said, hey, I want to I sow some seed. That's what he said. I want to sow some seed. I want to bless a couple other pastors. And so we're going to send you to, we're going to pay your way to this. Like, that works for me, actually. I think I can fit that into my schedule. Yep, I can. The Lord has this way, of ble- if you put him first, he has this way of, I want you to believe 100%. 10% in that because many of you are faithful. I want to make sure that you're, you're, you're on this other, the other side of this. You've got your faith in, in, in it. When you give your tithe check, make sure that you do it with faith. Make sure there's no other reason. Make sure it's not because, and because nobody, honestly, Lacey's the only one that sees. We don't ask. I don't want to know. Just we receive, we manage what we get. End of subject. And, and so I hope that your giving is always free, free and never out of obligation, never out of a gimmick, not a, but, but truly out of a sincere like to give, to give as unto the Lord. Reading on, this is re- real interesting. We're running a little bit early today, but that's fine. In verse 13, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. He's quoting them like, I know you think this is hard. It says, yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said, it is useless to serve God. Now, are you tracking with me? Like, are you tracking with this? Sometimes people get to this place. It's, what's the point of serving God? Like, if enough things happen, life goes bad. You have a couple, take a couple hits that are like, you go, what's, what's the point of serving God? I thought I'd be protected from this. And those are tough questions. And the Lord's saying, you've said this. What profit is it? We've kept your ordinances. It's like, you didn't keep them as good as you think you did. You didn't actually do what I instructed you. He'd been pointing that out through the whole, the whole book. And that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. He's <laughs> like, I don't want mourners. I'm not dead. I want overcomers. I want more than conquerors. That's what I want. So now we call the proud blessed, for those who do wickedness are raised up and even tempt God and go free. We're seeing that in our culture. Then, in verse 16, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So it comes down to this. Do you fear the Lord? Do you want to please him? Or do you want to argue about how to get away with this, that, and why you do this, and why you don't do that, and why you don't forgive, and why you do You know, I mean, we apply that excuse thing to a lot of areas in our lives. 
And, and those that fear the Lord stop the excuse like, no, nope, can't do that anymore. It's, uh, you know, back to Yoda, do or no do, you know, there's no trying, no, don't try. You have to make a decision. Believe, trust the Lord. So the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. It matters and he pays attention. And when you meditate on his word and you, you address things, whatever comes, instead of trying to get out of it, around it, justify yourself. And this shows up in a lot of ways. So I hope it's not just me that gets tempted with doing that. That you come to this place where, Lord, I fear you. I respect you. I, I want the blessing. I, if I trust you to the point where if you said it's true, then I'm going to go after it. And I'm going to stop all of my fussing, excuses, and stuff, and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, and come back to meditating on promises and getting them back up in the fore, foreground. And every time I, I get back focused, it's so easy to get out of focus. It's so easy to let life start running, running over you and pulling you this way and that way and this way and that way. And, you know, it's easy. It, hap it's, it happens easily. I have to fight that all the time. When I get a hold of myself, like, stop, Rick, slow down, settle down, stop, you know. Get back focused. Get your mind on the promises. And... And, and when I do, wow, stuff just starts opening, opening, opening up. It's, there's a big change, transformation. Uh, we've been talking lately. Um, actually, I'm, I'm not going to ask permission, Cindy. I'm just going to, I'll ask forgiveness later. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's an old trick that most husbands have learned. Better to ask forgiveness than to ask permission. Yeah, that thing. Sometimes you really suffer for it, but anyways, it's worth, it's worth the risk because, you know, there's the adventure. I'll go just bring this home and see how much trouble I get into. Yeah. I don't advise it, but yeah, sometimes we cannot help myself. I do it anyways. She felt led to start reading through her Bible, read through the Bible a year. Was it in a year that that first thing was or not, or just read through it? Yeah. In 90 days. Oh, fast. that's fast-tracking. Now, I hear people talk about that, and, like, I see the people that do that. I'm looking for the effect, like, and I've, and I've read through the Bible a few times. Not a lot. But I'm looking for the change, like, the impact. And she's talking to us about it. She's trying to recruit me and Phyllis who are like, no, no way. Are you kidding me? Like, I, you know, I'm having trouble. You know, whatever. And she goes for it. And she starts telling us the story, like how it's changing her, impacting her. Now, when you read with faith and you dedicate yourself to this, she sits and reads. Can I, I'm just, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get in trouble later. Sits on her front porch in Columbiana and reads out loud. The weather's gone to crap now, but. She did that through this whole duration. She just starts telling us, like, am I doing something wrong? First, the Lord told her to read. First, he put the challenge of reading in 90 days. The challenge of reading 90 days. Ah. Ah, I forgot. Yes, that's right. That's how that happened, huh, Cindy? 
<laughs> I count on these guys to keep me straight, and they do. And that time, well, you know, it's, it, it is amazing, but it's not even about that, is it, Cindy? It's about what I, why I'm telling you is it's changing her. It, her faith level has come up. And now her, her nieces, she get, has them doing it too, and they're reading. And I'm watching this simple thing. Am I doing all right? Grandchildren. Grandchildren. <laughs> stick, stick with the script, Pastor. <laughs> it's, amaz- it's amazing, though. And uh, as we come back to understand the power of the word, like it really has this transforming power. And when you start making that your meditation and you, you get it in a place where it's a priority, not an afterthought, a little bit of time, just give it a little bit of time. And I've experienced this many times in my life. It really starts changing you. It's like there's life in those words. I approach it, and I'm like, just like the tithe, like, I know I'm blessed if I give this, and I look at this, and I, I know there's power in this word, and I'm going to get this thick brain through that. Like, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meditate on it till it gets in, till it seeps in, till it, 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 it affects me, it encounters me, and, and it will if we just stay. So these people write, write a book of remembrance for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name and on his word. Verse 17, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve God. In other words, it'll come down to this. There are the people that are serving God and the people that are not. There are the people that are serving God. There are the people that are not. Why is that valuable? That kind of ends all the arguments. You don't have to convince anybody. That's not your job. You're not convincing anybody of anything. You're just serving. You're just faithful to the Lord that you fear. And you just do that with all of your heart. That actually is attractive, and you'll affect more people doing that than anything else you could possibly do can't there's so many things you won't win you won't change anybody by arguing you won't change by just just be just be who you are just believe just follow the lord put him first the lord will separate this he'll handle that he'll deal with that and meanwhile in your giving give with faith there's amazing uh blessings and promises in sowing that seed and expecting the harvest. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for this group. I thank you for all the, the giving, and thank you for all of the, the, the resources that people give. And so, Father, I want their lives to be blessed. I want you to teach them. Th- I want you to express yourself in their lives because they put you first. They honor you with a tithe. They honor you with their giving, that they lend to the poor, that they give to the poor because they know they're lending to you, Lord, that we change our attitude and start looking for the perfect and just do things as unto you. 
Father, I, you promise you will rebuke the devourer. And in these days, with our health, with our, with our finances, with our material things, like with the, the, the devourer needs rebuked, and we can't do it, but you promise that you would, that you will rebuke that, that, they'll, that the loss will stop, that the need, needless loss, the careless things, the, the things that just come and rob us day and night, little things, big things, that you will bless all that we put our hands to do as you promised in Psalms 1. As we put you first, as we fear you, as we move into this area where we are those that fear you, Lord. We don't want to argue with you and we don't want to make excuses. We want to look at your commands and your statutes and your precepts and say, I want to do that with all my heart. No excuses between me and you, Jesus. I want to follow you in all my ways. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless all of you.